Welcome back to the podcast with your host, Samantha. And I'm Alexa, and we're here to light up your life. Today, we are so excited. We have Dina Dodge as one of our guests. She's an entrepreneur, esthetician, and self-mastery coach. She helps people align with their divine wisdom through deep transformational inner work. So welcome to the show. We're so happy to have you today. Thank you. I was so glad to be here. Sure. It's really fun to get to talk about myself for once. <laughs> We're so excited. Yeah, so I'll kick us off. So Samantha and I have been meeting some of these amazing people over the last year, and we've been hearing about ayahuasca kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. So to get us started, uh, Dana, can you just share with us like what ayahuasca is? And uh, can we just get into that a little bit? So From my knowledge and understanding, ayahuasca grows all over South America. So they're just different strains, I guess you would say. So the one that I have experienced is from Colombia. And there's a combination of, I can't ever say it right, like charcunga and yahe. And it's a vine. And what it does, it's enzymes, basically. And then it reacts in the body with um, releasing our own DMT and activating parts of the brain. So it's called like a psychedelic by a lot of people, but it really just opens up your own pathways in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I've definitely heard it's more of a medicine. And I, like mm. Alexa said, we've met fascinating people. And just to even hear your story, I think it's absolutely incredible. So what are the some of the transformations that you've noticed since you've done ayahuasca, I know you've done three, three sessions, I guess you could say with it so far. And yeah, just tell us a little bit about your transformation. Yeah. Three ceremonies since December, which is kind of a lot considering I thought I was just going to do one and be completely done. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, December of last year was the first one. And then in May, I kind of like within a week, I just it was like every minute I'm like, I'm going, I'm not going. And I just had to go like, it called you back. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah. And then this last time. And so transformation, it's been magical. I feel like I am living in a state of just, it's very hard to explain. So like a higher almost yeah I've definitely expanded my consciousness which has taken me into higher vibrations and things are in alignment so beautifully in my life where all I have to do is just imagine something or ask for something and then within a couple weeks it falls into my lap wow now that's not just from the ayahuasca it's from my own personal journey over the last 15 years and doing all this work but the ayahuasca really like blasted me forward into all this that's so amazing and can you share with our listeners the story I just remember you getting back from your ceremony and we ended up meeting up and you were telling me how you envisioned your whole wellness center and then how it came to fruition for you I think that story is so magical yeah the first time so the first ceremony I went through you know, it was, it was completely going in there with nothing but faith and hope. And my friend who has done these ceremonies a lot of times told me to just let go of all expectations because that's our ego. Mm -hmm. And to just write down things that I wanted in my life and things that I didn't want anymore in my life. So I did that. And I just went there like completely surrendered and saying, just whatever happens, happens. 
And then during the first ceremony, I had um, a sacral activation and a womb healing, which was absolutely profound. And that it activated the creativity in me. So I saw what I was supposed to be doing going forward. And like they say that the ceremony is the ceremony, but the real trip begins after the ceremony. So mm -hmm. like, I didn't exactly know I was going to be in this space and how everything was going to unravel. But I knew that like I had, I experienced death. Um, I did, I feel like I met the creator and I, 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 I saw the matrix and I was shown the universe from a very expanded perspective and I was shown myself. So every time I go to these ceremonies, I'm a student mm -hmm. and I'm shown more layers of myself that I need to like work on very compassionately, very gently. Um, you know, I haven't been scared. I haven't had any like negative experiences with it. It's been very beautiful. But what unravels after I leave there is magical. So I'm presented with opportunities. Like people just show up in my life and are like, like this, this space and everything is just basically gifted to me. I feel so rich and so, so blessed. Um, but I think what really transpired and transformed me as a person and as a soul here is understanding myself more because I'm healing. And I know that's what we're supposed to be doing here is healing ourselves so that we can be of service to others. And that creates the abundance in our lives. So all the parts of me that were selfish, that were still not healed, that were still in my ego and still like scared and triggered and feared and critical, all those things were shown to me so gracefully. And, and it's like a light went off and I was like, oh, I do this. Okay, I don't want to do that anymore. And then as I walk through life now, I embody these teachings and I'm aware because everybody's a mirror to us. So I'm aware of like judgment being projected from myself and from others. And instead of being defensive and letting it create more chaos and conflict, I approach it with acceptance and compassion and love. Mm -hmm. And then everything becomes so, so much more harmonious. And then like, I'm more aligned with my higher purpose. I'm more aligned with who I am. And then it's like, I get rewarded for that. So it's like, I just keep going with that. I love that. That was so beautifully said. Yeah, that was amazing. And you touched upon this a little bit, but can you walk us through kind of what the ceremony looks like? So, you know, um, yeah, if you can just share what the ceremony is like and kind of, I, I know it's a few days. It's, um, I think I've heard you say that it's over three days period. So can you just walk us through what happens when you arrive? What is the setting? Are you doing it with other people? Just kind of share a little bit more on that. And also how you chose that place because you want to always make sure it's a safe place. I've heard different stories where people went abroad and they didn't feel safe and, you know, crazy things happen. So yeah, if you can walk us through that part. Yeah. Well, again, I mean, being a manifesting generator, I have always just sent it out, asked for it. And then I was presented with a journey to get there. 
So for about two years before that, I had always heard of these great experiences and I looked it up and I was like, this sounds cool, but it's scary. Like to go to Peru and then like the shamans, like they have to be true like channels of creator and to be safe. So with my trust issues, I'm like, hmm. So I just asked around like my holistic doctor, he's a mentor to me. And I asked him and he, he referred this um, church up in Massachusetts. So I looked into them and I just kept an eye open. And then I went back and I was like, I really want to do this. And he's like, well, actually my next patient here has gone to this other place. So why don't you talk to him? So I talked to him in the, in the waiting room and he's like, yes, absolutely go there. So I looked them up on their website and I just watched the videos on YouTube of Taita Hector Ortiz and Giampero and he plays his guitar and music for me is like, that's how I speak. Mm -hmm. So I just, I didn't know, I don't know what he's saying because he's singing in like Spanish and I just listened to him and I just like read the energy and I was like, I like this energy from him. So I just kind of watched and waited. And then I got an opportunity from um, a medicinal provider that I have out in California to try like this DMT pen. So I bought it. I did it a couple of times in my room and I was like, this is really intense. And I didn't feel like it was right. And it was like almost uncomfortable, but still very, it left me with a lot of curiosity. So um, yeah, I signed up for their, like just to get newsletters and stuff from them and they don't really send out anything. So like, I, I forget exactly how it transpired, but I got a text from Jim Perro and he's like, we're having a ceremony. Here's all the information. And then he sends a link with Taita's song. And I, I forget what it's called, but it's like, he sings a song. And if you're called, then you go. So I watched it and I was like, I really want to go, but like, I don't really have the money right now. And I was just making excuses. So long story short, like I just went, I just went and um, I show up to this house in a snowstorm in New Hampshire and all of the numbers on the road there, my birthday, it was all aligned. Like I, I want to get into the numbers now, but the new, the numbers were just like so, so synchronistic. So I get there and I go into a house and it's just filled with a bunch of people hanging out in their PJs, talking, sharing stories, drinking tea. I put all my stuff down. We're all like camping out on like air mattresses. And then around nine o'clock, we go into the big room and there's a bunch of um, camping chairs around in a circle and Taita does the opening ceremony and he tries to explain what ayahuasca is for a little while but he also is such a humble teacher that he leaves it to us to have our own experience and not to put anything into our minds that will like lead us into expectations and stuff so it's very hard for him to explain that is so he, he gets into, you know, the science of the plant and everything like that. And then he's like, like, you know, he leaves you up a lot of just open, just open and like putting that power in our hands so that we're safe. We're, we're in charge. Mm -hmm. And um, then he does his blessings. I don't really know what he's doing half the time, but he's like, he does his tobacco stuff and he's got his table with everything set up there. And um, we first do the rape tobacco powder, which I don't like. <laughs> he, he puffs it up your nose with this little thing and it goes right up into here and you just keep your 
you just breathe through your mouth and try to keep it up there for like a few minutes. And then you blow your nose and it, oh my gosh, it cleared up my neck pain. It cleared up my sinuses. People use it for all different things. But um, so that one is to decalcify the pineal gland and to open up your central nervous system so that the medicine can travel down your spine and into your, your nervous system and, you know, reach your body a lot more efficiently. So we do that. And then we each get up and stand in line and he, well, we, he calls us up one at a time and he blesses the, the medicine and we drink a little cup and he, he doses it very re responsibly. I'll, I'll say safely for us. So he gives us a little bit. And then for two hours, we just go and sit where we don't really, we don't talk. We're supposed to just go within. So we sit and you're supposed to sit like perfectly straight up and just, just watch. It's like, you just watch a show, whatever is supposed to be shown to you will be shown. And every experience is so different. Um, you know, people will get up and walk around. They like to have a fire going outside. Um, it's part of the ceremony. And um, because we're in a neighborhood in a house, you know, we have to just kind of chill because we're up all night. So we just sit and move around as we need to. There is purging. And that to me was very scary because who likes throwing up? But now I love it because during the purge, that's when we're surrendering and that's when the resistance lifts and then the most profound things happen right after that resistance. So the medicine goes in your body and it starts scanning every molecule and it finds places like needs to be healed, needs to be fixed, parts of you that are a little messy and need to be cleaned up and it'll start showing you and, and then you just have to like embrace it and let go. So there's a lot of inner dialogue with yourself and with the medicine where like we get, we might get scared or we're like, I don't really want to see this. And the more we resist it, the medicine kind of like, like steps in a little bit more firm, like, like a loving stern grandmother. And it's like, are you going to let me do the work here? Are you going to like, let this happen? So that's when I think people might see like, some lower vibrational stuff because it's showing us ourselves. And if our ego is getting in the way and we're trying to control the situation and control the experience, then that's what we're going to see is our ego and like our fears and that and like that stuff comes up. So once we let that go and we just like let it all go, then that's when we're gifted with these like profound experiences and visions and some people don't see anything the whole night some people are just you know more somatically learning they're feeling things um when I had when I, when I was purging once I was on all fours because for me that's just more comfortable and now I'm just like I throw myself on the floor and I got my little bucket and I just went like I just purged and I'm like I'm screaming in my mind's eye and I went down this like Egyptian portal and that's when like the sacral activation happened and then I find out later on that one of the main stargate portals on earth is in Egypt and it's the sacral one like Mount Shasta is the root portal so it's like it's validated it's confirmed everything's like so magical and and accurate and um yeah and then 
I mean, I can go on. What else do you want to know? <laughs> I know that you had a pretty extensive cleansing before you actually even went to the ceremony. So mm -hmm. what did you have to eat? What did you have to drink even before you went to, you know, the ceremony for it? Yeah. So the prep is, they call it the dieta and it's basically just removing things. So their biggest concern is not having antidepressants or antibiotics in, in your system when you go. And um, yeah, so like try not to take your prescriptions and just cleaning out your vessel so that the medicine when it enters isn't cleaning all that up first and it can get into that the deeper work. So no meat, no dairy, no salt, no onions, no garlic, just very bland like vegetables and um a lot of like herbal teas. So it's kind of fasting, you know, like high vibrational food, vegetables, fruits, that's the best way to do it. And like some whole grains. Um, yeah. Cause if we have, if we eat meat, we will experience, well, we might experience the pain from the animal while we're in the, with the medicine. So like, if I go there, I want to get the value out of it and go into my higher self. I want to go down, like, you know, genetic pathways and ancestral healing and Kashic records. I want to get into that. But if I have all this other stuff in my body, the medicine's like, oh, I got to clean all this out first. Then it's a lot more purging and it's more uncomfortable. So going in there as clean as possible is ideal. But that being said, if it, that's not a reason to not go. So if whatever you're struggling with, if you just can't give that up, that's going to be part of the lesson and the experience when you show up to, which I've seen happen. And how long does the prep last uh, before you go? So you're doing this diet and um, all these changes for how long before you go? It's very, um, it's up to the person. They say at least five to seven days before you go. You know, in a perfect world, I would fast and do this prep for two weeks before because you know you just go deeper and deeper each time I would think yeah that's so true with foods I feel like when I'm eating clean I can think more clearly I feel like any brain fog goes away and I just feel so much more in alignment so to your point I think it's very important that you are cleansing before you go to the ceremony so you can activate everything else and have the medicine really start working for you yeah. Yeah. And since then, I mean, I really can't handle eating meat very much anymore. I do here and there, but it's, if I go out, like I can't, I don't buy it. I'm, I'm very like the self-love, like the amount of compassion and love I have for myself now as a person, like I don't, I eat very high vibrational foods now. So it, like, there's so much residual benefits of of doing this medicine and I honestly don't think the medicine ever leaves us after we've we've sat with it it feel, gets activated sometimes too like in the middle of the night I'm like oh, I made ayahuasca again but it's cool because I'm in my room it's more comfortable <laughs> like because once you see it yourself at a higher vibrational frequency and the things that you're supposed to be doing here on earth your purpose living in your mm -hmm. dharma it's like you can't go back <laughs> So what are some of those visions that you saw for yourself? I know that you saw your wellness space before it actually came to fruition. And I've been to your place before and it's absolutely beautiful. It's so healing. Um, so what are some other things that you saw yourself doing in the future that are coming into alignment with you now or things that you want to go ahead and do and become? Well, the first ceremony I did receive a crown 
And this was at the end of the, like towards the end, the last couple hours. And when I entered that Christ consciousness, it, it hasn't left me. Like you said, you can't go back. So I have expanded my consciousness. I am no longer able to judge people. I'm aware of it. I'm aware of criticism. I'm aware of all these like lower vibrational 3D, 3D density, old matrix type of um, things, but I can't do them myself anymore. So that taking that into life with relationships and opportunities, you know, it's taken a lot of practice, um, but I was crowned and they said, high priestess, you have a big responsibility here. And I just remember sitting up so straight and looking around and everybody was kind of slumped over in their chair, you know, they're all within themselves. And I just looked around and I was like, everybody's playing a role in each other's lives. And I, with, with all the other, you know, surrenders of the, the judgment and the criticism, I have this immense respect for humanity now and this love and gratitude for people. And like everybody is just so perfect because everybody's on their own path and they're doing exactly what they're supposed to do. So I was like, okay, what do I do with this? What now? Like, show me what to do because I'm an esthetician. I'm, I'm coaching people in my room doing their lashes. And like, I have my Reiki, I have sound healing, sound um, healing certified. I'm like, what do I do with all this? Like, how do I put it together? I'm like, give me a teacher. So I asked for a teacher. And I'm like, do I go back to college and become a therapist? Like, where's this road go? And um, then I found my teacher for the ICM coaching mastery course that I'm taking. And it was just, I was scrolling and I found her and then I signed up for a course. And that's been so transformational in all this too, because the teaching is all forgiveness, um, acceptance, and then aligned action. So since I've been coaching since... February um I'm getting a lot of good feedback but I'm also like implementing the awareness of my new higher expanded consciousness into the coaching and a lot of times like we're given tools to practice but I end up going with my own intuition and the feedback's been like amazing so it's like confirming okay this is what I'm supposed to do and then when I went back for the second ceremony it was, it showed me how to implement all this stuff and to fully embody all these teachings that I'm getting from the course and that I've gotten through life. And then the third one I went up to a few weeks ago and I went up there as a volunteer. I went up, I had three people that wanted to go and I was like, I'll drive you, I'll get you there. And then when I got there, I was like, um, I'm not, I don't really need to be here. <laughs> so funny. Like I just tried to control things. And, um, so they're like, well, you can sit and we'll definitely give you some medicine, you know, if you promise to like, you know, help out cook and clean up and everything. So I was like, absolutely. Like I'd be honored to. So that whole experience that weekend was me stepping into my power of my divinity and my truth, my wisdom, my knowledge, and my love. And I got to really experience all of that in that weekend in being of service. So I was and this is a huge thing that I've just um, uncovered and healed in the last month since then was that I realized that a lot of my projections have been because I had this deep limiting belief that I don't matter. 
So I wouldn't step up. I wouldn't speak up. And if I'm at a party, I just dip out the back. Nobody cares if I say goodbye or not. And it was just like, you know, I just didn't cry because of that unconscious belief that I had. I didn't realize it. So when I was there and I was like, okay, this is an opportunity for me to serve. And then there was times where I'm like, I need to step in and, and help here. I need like somebody was having a hard time and I sat down and I was like, I got this. And like, I helped him through his struggles that night. And I was like, wow, my presence matters. How, and they're telling me I look like an angel walking around the house because I wore all white and everything. And I'm like, really? I was just lighting the tea candles again. So you guys didn't bump into walls. And they're like, yeah, we looked up and you just look like this angelic being. And I was like, oh my gosh. So I just fully understood like my presence matters and I want to give back all of the the gifts that I've gone like that I've gotten in my understanding and my wisdom and my knowledge and my whole yeah my whole divinity and like use that use that all and be of service mm -hmm. and since then I've been presented with all these opportunities of speaking up and going to networking events and like public speaking things. Cause that's, that's my biggest challenge here. So it's just, it's a gift. Like every time I go, it's a beautiful experience. I'm a student of the universe and of myself. And then I leave and then it's just magic day after day. It's so beautiful. <laughs> You know, it does sound like that. And I feel like I've heard a lot of people say that when you do go to these ceremonies, it really shows you what's in your subconscious mind. And like you were saying, how you have to work through it. So the last time you went, you were saying that you still had this feeling of unworthiness and you felt like you had to hide because your voice didn't matter. And so it shows you the darker parts of you and you're able to work on that. And I feel like if people don't go through this self-healing journey, then they'll never really know how profoundly they can impact society and live in their true dharma so doing the work is hard but it's so rewarding and it's so beautiful so i'm so glad that you've taken this path and i've just seen a complete transformation in you too i mean you were always such a beautiful person but now i feel like you're stepping into your true power and you're really really just diving into helping other people and sharing your story and doing everything you can to be in alignment so it's exciting stuff <laughs> i mean why else are we here like what are we doing here it's i mean to me we're here to expand to be of service because that is the key to living abundantly. Like we can have everything we want. I do whatever I want. And I feel like I'm just growing more rich and rich and rich. And it's all because of like, what's in my heart. Um, yeah. So like everything that we go through, all the struggles, all the pain, all the lessons, you know, it can't be for nothing. It's gotta be for something good. So to turn around and, you know, use all that so to give back is just the most rewarding thing ever. And like my confidence is so humbly powerful now. And I just go forward every day going, oh, what am I going to learn next? Yeah, it makes life exciting. And mm -hmm. you mentioned that uh, the experience is a lot different or it could be different for different individuals who 
are going to experience it. And I think you need to keep an open mind about it. So what would your recommendations be? Like, who can this benefit, I guess? And what would you say to them, uh, you know, to keep an open mind and to have the best experience possible? Just have faith in the possibilities of what's, what's possible for you and to let go of your expectations and just go there and have fun. Be a kid. Just be like you're showing up to watch a movie because when we're in the medicine, we can ask questions. So like be there curious, be there hopeful for, for change, but you know, just let go, just let go. Because when we let go, that's when everything becomes, yeah, the surrender. People try to have control over things and that's when they have the least amount of control. So like when you surrender, your life aligns. And I feel like I have more control now than ever. Yeah, just faith. I love that. Yeah, that was a great answer. And so from having these different experiences, would you say that the things you do on a daily basis are different or things that you found yourself doing previously, you don't even want to entertain them anymore? I mm-hmm. feel like both of us, our purpose and what we want to do and serve in life has just completely altered the people that we that we previously were and I think it's a beautiful thing yeah truly um how I spend my free time is very um it's carefully planned now because because I'm so aware of everything like do I want to go out and sit down and have a meal with people where my the conversations aren't going to be aligned with what I believe in or what's going to serve me better or what's going to help me grow. Um, I don't want to put myself in positions where I might be triggered to challenge somebody because they're not doing their inner work, you know, and that's the respect I have for myself and for others. So I do spend a lot of time alone. I am studying a lot with this course and um, really getting my coaching business going, which is a huge shift in identity. So yeah, it just a lot of alone time and, and studying and learning. Yeah, and music like- is different. Yeah. Like I can I can't listen to music like I used to anymore. Like I said, with food, I am very I just only want food that's gonna heal me and raise my vibration. So yeah, it has changed a lot, but it's all good. I love it. It's peaceful, very peaceful. <laughs> I love what you just said. And it's so important to being comfortable with yourself. So many people just try to avoid that and, you know, try to never be alone and spend time and their energy in different places that don't serve them. So I think that's so important. It's getting to know yourself and and getting comfortable with spending time with yourself, loving yourself. It's all a huge part of just, you know, uh, I guess, growing into uh, the person, you know, a better version of yourself. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people, it's hard for them to have and find solitude and they'd rather distract themselves with different things or, you know, different people or using substances that are going to mask what they really should be working on in that deep inner work. And so, yeah, I think it's a beautiful thing. Like when you were saying just to surrender and to let go and to, I think self-love and self-compassion is so huge because like you said, if you didn't have that self-love, you would treat your body however you want it. You would drink alcohol, you would do drugs, you would eat food that doesn't really align with your higher vibration. So it really does make you become so much self-aware and want to make those positive changes in your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's all about the divine power that we all have. Um, When we have 
everything that we need inside of us, then we can go out with a full cup and, and be value to the world and add value to life. So if we're not getting that back, it's like, okay, they're not, you know, it's just not aligned. It's not aligned. But when I'm searching for some kind of external, um, anything of fulfillment on an external level, I know that I'm not, I'm like, I need to like reflect. Mm -hmm. So if I'm, if I drink too much or if I'm trying, if I'm, if I don't want to be alone, then I'm like, okay, what's going on here? And then I figure it out. And yeah, if I can't spend a night alone, then that's a I want to be with myself. Like, no, I want to be with myself. I love myself. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of people seek outside validation and they think that everything is outside of them. But when you really do the self healing inner work, you realize that everything is already truly within you. And it's a beautiful thing to be able to have solitude and love being around yourself. Because if you can't love being around you, who else is going to want to you know, be friends with you and hang out with you. So it really does truly start from within. The stillness is when we get the connection to, to our, our um, guidance. Mm -hmm. So silence, stillness, being at peace. And like, you know, as women, just being, just being is so beautiful. And that's our feminine power too. And has that switched for you? I know before you previously were more so in your masculine energy. And now since having these experiences, I feel like you've been more in your divine feminine energy. So how has that changed for you? Yeah. Yeah. Ever since I was a kid, I was very, I had to be very self-reliant. You know, I spent my, my, my childhood, my twenties, my thirties, up until just a few years ago, being in control my marriage for 10 years, I did everything. Like I was the doer. I would take action. It's exhausting. So now it's like, I get to just be in my feminine and I, I love it. I can still do when I need to do, but now I just be when I want to be too. And I feel very balanced. Yeah. I like feel like so sacred and so feminine and so much more sexy than ever. Like it's so, it's so beautiful. It is to have that balance. Yeah, so true. Kind of like being on survival mode for so long too, you know, the childhood I had and like being addicted to drugs and alcohol for a long time and just being on, it's being on survival mode. Then now it's like, I get a break. I get a, I feel like just at ease and comfortable and it's, it's beautiful now because I'm in my feminine power. Now I can just create and give back and I receive more too. So yeah, that and, giving and receiving energy has been very difficult for me from my perspective. I was very similar to you. I always had to do everything myself and I felt like I always had to be the giver, but now you, you know, mm -hmm. you are on your self-healing journey. You really believe that it should be that giving, receiving energy. So that's so important. Yeah. It's all practice. We just practice when we want to, and then go within when we're it's enough for now. <laughs> yeah. Life is, life is more fun for sure. So yeah. for anyone that's maybe hesitant about doing the ayahuasca ceremony, what would you, what advice would you have for them? Don't go. If they don't feel like they're ready to go, you just don't go. The medicine will call you. It's like, it's like mother earth. 
calling you to sit down and have tea. Like you, if you're called, if you're curious, you lean into that and do your research, ask around and just wait until the time's right. You don't force anything. That's the ego. That's fear. And if somebody's like, oh gosh, I'm so afraid of going, I might throw up. I'm like, that's between you and the medicine. Like, I'm not going to try to convince anybody to go. But the second somebody says like, I want to go, I'm like, I will go. Like I drove three people up there just so that they could experience it. Cause they were like, Oh, you know, I'm like, I will be the guide to get you there. Absolutely. For anybody. Um, but yeah, if they don't feel like it's time, don't go. So what you're saying, if a friend is going, don't just go because that friend is going go because you feel like you should go and you're doing it for yourself. If your friend is going and you feel like you should go, you should go. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, I've met people at these ceremonies that were there to check it off their bucket list. And that's part of their lesson too. And their weekend was interesting, you know? So it's just like that surrender and the faith of like, if you're like that day, like the second time I went, I was like, I don't know why I need to go back. And then I'm in the shower. No, you're not going. This doesn't make sense to go. You can't afford this. Yes, you can. Like back and forth. I was driving myself crazy and I just went and I'm, I needed to go. So trusting your intuition, which is what we really need to, everybody needs to get back to heal the gut, heal the, the womb, heal the intuition that's been purposely shut down by foods and conditioning get that creative part going just go if you feel like going go if you don't feel like going go, don't go yeah <laughs> don't think about it too much <laughs> Spoke a lot about surrendering and letting go but when you were at these ceremonies did you set any intentions for yourself that you um I know because that was to me that was expectations yeah like my doctor was like it it's I think it's called like the four seated circle or something like that. He's a Native American, and he said when they would do these type of ceremonies on on the reservation, that's what they would write down what they want and what they don't want. So I I looked at my list of things I don't want, and I I just looked at them and I was like, hmm, I'm not going to focus on you anymore because that's not how we manifest. So I just focused on the things I did want, and I'm like, if I get them, amazing. If I don't, I'm not ready for it. And then I just let it go. But the first cup I drank, immediately, I like tensed up and I I got rid of it within five minutes and I was embarrassed and I was mad at myself because I just wasted it. And I'm like, I only got two more cups. And it's like, I'm going to sit here for the next two hours. And so I just, I remember when this was part of my first lesson, I just held my stomach and I held my heart and I just sent it gratitude. I was like, I know this sucks. I know it's kind of like icky. It doesn't taste that great. And you're nauseous, but we're going to get through this. And I love you. And you're so perfect. And I just sent my stomach love. And I was like, and one of the members was like, if you feel like you're going to like throw it up, just breathe. So I just kept breathing. And then as that was happening, that's when I connected my mind to my body in such a profound way. I even saw my organs like on a playscape. And I was like, you guys are so great. Thank you for keeping me alive every day and digesting my food and helping me walk. And they were like, me. And I was like, this is so weird, but I love it. <laughs> and now I spend a lot of time like just loving myself because I know the power of our mind and our thoughts and our body. So our health 
if my stomach's hurting, instead of being like, oh, my stomach hurts, this is so annoying, it's going to ruin my day. Now I'm like, what do you need from me? And I sit and I listen and it's like, oh, you put that in me again. And I told you I didn't like it. And I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. And then I know what to do and not to do. And as soon as I meet that, that contraction with acceptance, compassion, and love, gratitude, then the, it lifts and it subsides and the pain goes away. So there's so much, so much that you can get out of it. I mean, it's just, it's, it's ongoing, the lessons. I love that. Yeah, that was amazing. I I did love that response. Um, So you did mention a couple things um, and and not to scare anybody away, but you did say the medicine does taste a little icky and there are certain parts of the whole ceremony that you would, I think, agree that are not the most comfortable experiences, but how would you describe it as a whole? And, you know, to, to anybody that you're recommending this to, how would you kind of get past that? Well, um, medicine is not supposed to taste good. And that's just getting over expectations again. Like I drink it and I respect it because it's so intelligent. It doesn't need to taste good for me. It could taste worse than it does. And I don't think even it tastes that bad, but it's just, it's not something I would like go to a coffee shop and purchase on a normal day to sip on you know, it's medicine, it's a vine and it's a root and it's like the holy sacrament in my opinion. So whatever it tastes like, I'm like, well, okay. And I do, I keep a little mint in my broth and I pop the mint in my mouth after, but physically this isn't a a retreat where you're going there to look cute and to, you know, like the ego just gets taken away. So our vanity, like how it feels like, yeah, you're going to purge, but if you don't, and you hold on to that nauseous feeling, the medicine's going to show you like, you're stubborn. You're trying to like be in control of all these things, like let go already, you know? So we go there and we're there to heal. So it, it can get ugly for, for us. Like you never know you have to go to the bathroom you have to purge. You might drip something on your shirt. You might sweat profoundly. You might cry your ugliest cry all night and you're going to be around other people, but it's the energy in there is just so held in such a beautiful, comfortable, loving space that I thought, oh, there's a song that goes along with this. So when I left the song Come to the Table by the Sidewalk Prophets, Joy Williams does an amazing acoustic version of it. If you listen to that song, if the house had, like, was, had a song, it would be that song. It's like, come to the table, leave your shame and your guilt at the door. Um, it's just not needed here. We're all there to heal. And we share our stories. We hang out on our PJs. And whatever happens, it's just, this is what we came for. And then everybody's happier at the end of it and the next day. And people are just, I mean, we have integration like almost a week later because we're just like, wow, I can't speak for the first few days. I don't want to talk to anybody because I'm still processing what happened every time. And I'm just like, wow, the human experience is a gift for us to be here and incarnate in a human body. We get to touch, we get to be touched. 
We get to experience these physical, uncomfortable things. And that's why we come here. So the physical part of it, it's like a sacrifice, I guess. You sacrifice your vanity and your comfort for growth and expansion. And then, you know, you're, that is kind of, that's part of the ego that, that dies off or gets harmonized after where it's like, I don't really want to wear makeup today and I'm not going to because I love myself and however I show up, take me or leave me, you know, it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. And I think you mentioned another great piece I would like to get into. So um, you you talked about processing the information after you get home and you you kind of want to keep to yourself and try to process what you, you what you just experienced. But is there uh, would you say that when you go to these ceremonies, is there any additional guidance to help you understand kind of what you're going through, how you should process it? What about the peer group? Is there any of that? Do you, do you discuss it as a, as a peer group with any of the individuals that are there? what's kind of going on and helping to help you process. Yeah. I feel when I leave there, I say goodbye, soul family. I hug every, like we hug. I feel like I connect with these people on such a beautiful level. So we'll connect on Facebook and stuff or whatever, um, exchange numbers if we really connect or they have, um, the integration station, which is on, um, it's on one of the, the chat apps and they'll schedule a zoom call for everybody like, like I said, like within a week or two, so we can go home and kind of digest what happened. And then we can talk about everything, um, with, with everybody else. But yeah, I mean, coming back to life, regular life, they say to take a few days off after because of this reason. And, um, you know, and then, like you said, we're expanding our consciousness. You can't go backwards after that. So that's why the relationships change and people that, you're no longer aligned with and aren't leveling up too. you just kind of, they fall away. So you meet new people and you get these new connections and everybody's there to support. And some people go off into the woods after and like, you're not going to talk to them. Maybe you never see them again, but <laughs> there is, there is support. Yeah. And like Jim Perrow, he is amazing. He, he is a disciple of Titan. So basically he's like an apprentice um, and he's always there. He's always there, you know, if, if, but the changes are so positive that I, I, I don't know if anybody I've ever heard anybody like needing support in like a, a way where they're like, I'm not okay. It's like, I really want to talk about this because I just figured all this other stuff out and I want to share all these beautiful changes in my life now. But yeah, it's, it's a community. And like, when I go there, I'm just like, oh, I'm home now again. Like I feel sent to home and Taita, he is so humble. He's been through his, his road of, um, you know, struggle and stuff in the past. And I, my father's gone now he's in heaven. So I feel like Taita is the closest thing to a father. And he's like, I'm just Hector. I'm not like trying to be like any prophet or he doesn't even like the word shaman. He's like, I'm just tight to Hector. And when we're in the house, he's either sleeping or he'll come down and take a shower. And he's just like, hello. <laughs> and he's off on this thing. But yeah, it's a beautiful community for sure. It'd be nice if everyone could just have like this big piece of land and we could all go do it outside and like 
having tents and everything. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's been such a great episode. Thank you so much for opening up and sharing your story and all the magical things that have happened in your life and, you know, what you went through. I know it's definitely not easy to be open and vulnerable. So thank you so much. This episode is definitely going to be a hit. You were so compassionate and so authentic. And I could just tell that you're really living in your divine purpose. And I think that's so important. So thank you so much for being on the show today. And so for our listeners, where can they find you? I know you have an Instagram, you have a website to get more information. Um, yeah, so I'm in Berlin, uh, emanation.love. That's my website. I am not technical. I do have Instagram. It's emanation underscore wellness. And I'm on Facebook as Dana Dodge. Um, and yeah, like anybody that's called to like reach out and ask me questions, I would love to help and to just share anything and, you know, guide them wherever they need to go if that's the the calling. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm always here and I'm coaching too now and doing some pro bono work to get my certification hours. So if anybody's called to doing a clarity session or to get some coaching and reach out to me. Yeah. Anyway. That all sounds amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you yeah, so much. Was, it was a blessing to be here. I'm so grateful. Thank you. And, you know, I really just want to spread more awareness of the truth behind these ceremonies and the possibilities Sure. To really help people shift into their higher, higher purpose. I love that. Thank you so much. We are sending our listeners, all of you, so much love and light. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and share this episode if you found value. We all hope you have a great day.